You're listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, now part of the ChairShot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. Remember, always use your head. You look like a dude who should be pumping my fucking gas. This isn't doing it for me. There's, I'm not getting, in, I'm not getting enjoyment out of this. He was a before the bell rings all star. All right, everybody. It is Wednesday night, April 19th, 2023. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. I am the man with the award-winning beard, DJ, back off vacation, back at home in the pod cave, which is currently under a bit of renovation here, uh, trying to spruce the place up a little bit, make it a little bit more me, make it a little bit more just kind of me-centric as Tina reshuffles her office and everything and gets her own little space set up here. Uh, unfortunately, the, the the host, myself as the host, won't get any better, but I'll at least be in nicer accommodations. Thankfully, I am surrounded by two of the best in the business. I'm going to start with a man who took about a two-week vacation from the podcast after WrestleMania. We fell into the doldrums a little bit. Jason had some real-life stuff going on, decided to take a couple weeks off. Going to welcome back Bucky's tag team partner, hailing from the Purple Haze in Cloud Nine, a man destined to go through a barbershop window. Jason, welcome back, sir. Welcome back to myself. Welcome. Uh, good to see you guys. It's been, it was a bummer to be gone, but at the same time, it was nice. It's one of those things where you, you know, where you really like, I don't want to equate this to a job, but right now I, you know, started my new job. I really, really enjoy it and whatnot. You know, and where you take a day off, you're like, okay, well, I don't miss doing the work, but I miss my coworkers and I miss, you know, the office gossip and I miss the, the cooler talk and all that good stuff, water cooler talk. And that was kind of what it was. But at the same time, you were 100% right. I just needed a quick little wrestling sabbatical just very quickly you know a little two-week cleanse from the of the palette from from wrestlemania and i encourage all of my friends to do the same thing all of our listeners you know for any hobby not just wrestling it's okay to take a little time out because then it's that much more fun when you get back so it's good to be back well, it's good to have you back brother um and rob and i who are pretty pretty much officially labeled no days off uh <laughs> From the Rob the Genius podcast, the minister of truth, the father of facts and figures, the deacon of data, the official shoot bear, the mindless wrestling podcast, and the man with the golden shovel, Mr. Rob, sir, how's it going tonight? Okay. Um, so I didn't take a like a full-fledged break, like, um, but I'm recognizing this month is kind of a throwaway month. To not get too, you know, to get get too dialed in about what they're doing because draft is coming May eighth. So, yeah, yeah, I still I follow along on the timeline. And I, if if something mm, that sounds interesting is about to happen, then I'll turn it on. But uh, yeah, I will say don't struggle watch. So, you know, for me this month would kind of be that if I were to. Be fully dialed in, so I decided to kind of you know just pull back a little bit, and here we are. Yeah, I, I gotta say I did the same thing. I have not watched a minute's wrestling since uh, WrestleMania. 
Honest to God, I haven't. I, you know, we had WrestleMania almost two weeks ago. Then I went to my dad's the the weekend before last, and I was up there all week. And you know, I hadn't seen my dad since Thanksgiving. And you know, he's been kind of under the weather with some health issues lately. I spent a lot of time with him, helped him out doing some projects around the house. And it, I take that back. We did watch a little bit of wrestling while I was up there, which was kind of cool because my dad got me into wrestling. Like I'm, he's the reason I watch. Like that was just growing up. That was the first thing I remember watching with him. And then he tuned out like a decade ago. Like he just quit watching. And so to kind of get get in there with him and watch a little bit of SmackDown. I watched the entirety of NXT last week, and that was kind of funny because he didn't recognize a single soul on the TV. Like he's <laughs> looking at all these kids and he's looking at me. <laughs> And he's trying to figure out what was going on. And my dad, like me and Rob and Jason, are, are, are fans of the big Haas fights. And that night, all the Haas lost. Um, no. <laughs> so he just kept looking at me. He's like, so this ain't the night for big guys tonight, is it? I was like, no, it is not. The little guys are whipping some ass. <laughs> so, But other than that, I have fully, like, for the last couple of weeks, just kind of taken a deep breath, stepped back. And like you said, like Rob said, it's kind of the doldrums. There's not a lot going on. Um, so we're going to shift gears here a little bit this week. And uh, we did a watch along about a month or two ago. It was a little bit before WrestleMania. There was some downtime. And, you know, we decided to do a watch along. We're going to circle back around and revisit that. We are going to fast forward a year from the last watch along and pick up WCW Uncensored 96. And there's a specific match in here that uh, I'm going to let uh, Rob kind of lead us into here that we're going to pick apart and have a lot of fun with. Rob, the floor is yours. All right. So um, this was the infamous triple-tier cage match. Oh, God. Jason's already lamenting. We got we got to point it out here. Jason has Jason's going in completely blind tonight. Yeah. Okay. When, when I tell you guys that I was taking a sabbatical from wrestling, <laughs> I was doing the Rob thing. Like as I was watching the NBA playoffs, I would tune in to whatever show during the commercials. That's basically what I was doing. And even so much that I was not avoiding, but I really wasn't participating in our little group chats for this stuff and uh, our other group chats and all that. And so I was telling these guys before the show, I was like, so wait, I know we're watching something. What are we watching? Watching Uncensored? So ladies and gentlemen, I have no idea what we are getting into tonight. All I know is that there is a shockingly young uh, Tony Schiavone on my screen right now. Yes. <laughs> So this triple tier cage, it had been done a few times before. Uh, the most, like the the first kind of, I guess nationwide use of it was at the 1988 Great American Bash, and it was called the Tower of Doom. And it was a very convoluted type of situation. Um, you had two teams of five people, like the War Games, and one person entered at a time, <clears throat> like the War Games, to start with. But in this case, there was no one-man advantage, you know, no coin flip or nothing. It's just every couple of minutes, each team sent a person in. Now, here's where it gets really weird. So you started out at the top, at the like, because it's like it's a three-layer cage. You started at the top at the top cage, and then every, when the door opened, to let somebody else in. A trap door opened up to let you go down to the next cage. So the the object of it was to for get all five of your guys 
to navigate their way through all three cages down to the bottom and get out. And that sounds really stupid, I know. Oh, God, this, this is 100% a Dusty Rhodes gimmick. I'm trying to put this together in my head, and I'm just like, why? Why are you going to What? Um, just go with it, Jason. No, it, 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 was, it was not good. And so that was the original one, and at least the original one that was in, in, in NWA. Fast forward to 1996. We are in, for those of you who think that certain wrestlers book their own shit, 1995 to mid-1996 was the, that, that if you want to see somebody booking their own shit, that's it right there. So I need to interject that the one thing that I know so far about this match is that when I found it on the WWE cock, Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage were on the cover. Yes. <laughs> and now, Rob has said that about booking yourself to the moon. Yes. About to win. And I'm sorry, he also set the stage that there is a three-tiered cage involved. Yes. So, so imagine, <laughs> all right, if you saw Revenge of the Sith, the part where Palpatine is saying, unlimited power. Okay. <laughs> That's Hulk Hogan in 1995. Okay. <laughs> okay. Incredible. Great okay. reference. Okay. Yeah. That's, that is Hulk Hogan in 1995 WCW. Okay. Um, yeah. And so, this is March. And this is, I just looked at the date. I wanted to see where it was on the calendar. This is March 96. So we are right in that the the Hulk Hulkamania zone. Oh yeah, WCW is fully immersed in the full Hulk Hogan experience at this point. Yes, exactly. For, for better and worse. <laughs> I'm, assuming, <laughs> I'm assuming at this point that either Macho and Hogan are going to be fighting, or they are going to be teaming up. Well, they're teaming up. Yeah. And... Yes. Oh, sorry. Um, no, I'm good. Good. That's I was, I'm happy. Okay, I got my because group. they now because they were Hogan and Savage. We're embroiled in a feud with this faction called the Dungeon of Doom, which was um, one of the leaders was Kevin Sullivan, who, if you want to know where Bray Wyatt got his inspiration of, it is Kevin Sullivan. Okay. Okay. Bray Wyatt, isn't, he's not like a full ripoff of Kevin Sullivan, but he's very much a Kevin Sullivan. In, in many ways, Bray Wyatt is a Kevin Sullivan tribute act. Yeah. Which yeah. of course his dad and his his dad Mike Rotunda was one of Sullivan's, you know, um proteges or whatever in the varsity club. Right. So I wouldn't even call it like a knockoff or whatever. It's just at this point it's a natural evolution of the gimmick. Like that's it's a, tri it's a tribute act. That's yeah. It's a, I think, it's a tribute act, but it's just that kind of that kind of gimmick. Bray's just doing it in twenty twenty three. But no, it but the no lot, yeah. With there's too many similarities to to discount it. Yeah. So Bray is very much doing a Kevin Sullivan tribute act. Um and so the Dungeon of Doom was led by well, actually I think the, the actual leader was the, the was it the dungeon master or something who was something King, like that. Like King Curtis Iakea, who was like um I forgot who he you know, I forgot who um where he fits in, in wrestling lore. But 
Kevin on, Sullivan was kind of like, "Gotta sorry. have your lore down, Rob." Sorry, man. Um, so, um, oh, well, I know. Uh, well, King Curtis Iakea, his I think his either son or grandson was Prince Iakea, who was in WCW for a bit, and who is yet another shining example of how being somebody's kid doesn't mean that you're automatically going to doesn't get. automatically get because he, he he was such a rock knockoff. Like and, he was a Rocky Maivia knockoff. He really was. In fact, they even had him win a title. They even had him win the mid card title early on, around the same time Rocky won the Intercontinental title. They did. They did. It was so blatantly just. Uh, yeah. Like they just threw it out there. Like that kid yeah, was, was dead was, in the water. Even it, if he had been a great worker, he was dead in the water, man. Yeah. Good stuff. So, yeah. So that, the Dungeon uh, of Doom was just like super huge faction that had grown to like a whole way too big. And so they and they f- teamed up with some other people to, to form this group called the Alliance to End Hulkamania, <laughs> which sounds like it just it sounds no, bad because it is bad. No, okay. I need you to repeat the, it. The beauty of that is in in kayfabe wrestling lore, Kevin Sullivan, who who set his life his life's mission is to end Hulkamania. Two years prior, he had absolutely. In the eyes of the fans, no connection to Hulkamania whatsoever. Now he's dedicated his entire existence to ending Hulkamania. Yeah. So I'm sorry. This faction is called what? Like the Alliance to End Hulkamania. <laughs> so it was the Dungeon of Doom plus um, some other people. Some other guys. <laughs> and yeah, and it, it was it was. And so, fact, like the anti-Avengers, or like the, this is like the the folks coming together to beat up Superman. This is the, you know, the not the Suicide Squad. Who am I thinking of? The Secret well, except, Society. Well, except it's it's not like yeah, it's not like it's not. This isn't. So this is Task Force X. Oh. <laughs> it's not oh, even no. Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. It's like the Suicide B Squad. Yeah, it's like. It's like when you, if you can't hire death, Deathstroke, you get Deadshot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> that's what this is, right? I mean, <laughs> man, leave Deadshot alone. No, no, look, I love Deadshot. No, Deadshot, Dead, no, Deadshot is a, a great character. I do too, but I love Slade way better. That's a problem, right? <laughs> Deadshot's a great character. I hate talking on the guy, but you know, hey, it is what it is. Yeah, and look, Will Smith did a really good job playing him in the, you know, yeah, the, the one of the few bright spots in that movie. <laughs> yeah, and so was John, uh, Joe Mangelero or whatever as, you know, uh, Stroke for all yeah. 12 seconds. Uh, talk about a, you know, total sidetrack here, but talk about a dick tease. That guy, right. the mask, just staring at you, not even saying anything. It's just like, oh, yeah, just give me two hours of that dude. Yeah. Right. You again, Cyber, you have no idea how bad I wanted Joe Mangella as Deathstroke versus Ben Affleck's Batman. Yes. Oh my I god. I wanted that, that with every fiber of my being. And it was because it was we Affleck is just Affleck's just artsy enough to make it work and make it like some sort of spy versus spy like drama. Yeah. Yes. So all right, reel Go it ahead. back in there. Let's reel it back <laughs> in here. Okay. Guys. So yeah. the Lions in Hulkamania and this group had like seven or eight people. And and I think it was just against Hogan and Savage. It was just the two of them. That's yeah. amazing. And they're going in through this triple cage. And all right. 
so let's get to it because this 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 is this is good and terrible. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this this ranks real high on the good and terrible list. <laughs> so and total, total side note, uh, before we let it rip, one quick thing. Uh, again, the if you want to file along, we are watching Uncensored 1996, and it is the timestamp is DJ. Two hours, nine minutes, and 54 seconds. One Michael Buffer is about to make the introductions. If you want to pause the uh, pause the episode right now, jump up on the WWE cock, pull up WCW Uncensored from 1996. Again, that timestamp is two hours, nine minutes, 54 seconds. Guys, I'm going to give you the three-second countdown, and we'll start, all right? Three, two, one, and we're off. Here we go. Michael Buffer. There he there is, he Michael is. Buffer. Man, myth, legend. Yep. And it's, it's really Still cool doing. to see him shout out uh, Samantha on Twitter so many times. Yeah. Yeah. He um, also, it was interesting to see the gentleman just before this where uh, Dusty, um, a, as I said, a shockingly young Tony Schiavone. And why the other gentleman's name fall out of my head? Uh, who was that? I I don't with remember. The, I pulled it up right at Michael Burper. The yeah. white hair with uh, Bobby Heenan. Bob, it was Heenan. Yes. Thank yeah. <clears throat> and mind you, this is also the card where they thought it was a good idea to have the Road Warriors in a thirty-minute tag team match in nineteen ninety-six. That match preceded this one. It was a Chicago street fight against Sting and Booker T. So imagine. Right. Imagine hawking an animal in 1996 going 30 minutes. Jesus, God, no. Now, this this match right here, this cage looks incredible, and it incorporates some elements of one of our favorite matches. If you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, there's scaffolding here, Rob. Yes. Yep. So, but just to look at this structure, just looking at it, it looks fucking incredible. Like, the, the match stipulation is ridiculous. The match itself is even worse. But just visually looking at that, that's pretty impressive. And I will say it's not uh, – unlike some of the matches we've watched, it doesn't look rickety. No. Like, that's a that's a structure. Yeah. Okay, so they're, they're, they're announcing Ric Flair, and we need to be known that we just called Ric Flair part of the B-Squad. Yeah, well, exactly. But, like, we just did that on this podcast. Because <laughs> well, it's been is, uh, so long since I've seen this. I have completely forgotten – Who's in this? And there is woman and Miss Elizabeth. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's Miss Elizabeth? She's accompanying Ric Flair. She t- oh, no. She turned against Savage. And, yeah. Oh, no. Uh, there's yeah. Kevin Sullivan with Jimmy Hart. Lex Luger. We called Lex Luger a beat Well, because this is like everybody who had developed some type of beef with Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> so that this was Rick- is it's going to take to take down Roman Reigns. <clears throat> So how, oh, Arn Anderson's got, out there. We got Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Lex Luger. All right. Um, Elizabeth and Woman. From some unknown part of the planet. What's his, um, Did I see uh, Jimmy? Uh, oh, because Jimmy Hart was with Lex Luger, yeah. And, um, oh, okay, yeah. The, the Jimmy I mean, turned on Hogan. Uh, well, yeah. Stop me if you heard this one before. All right, so here's, here's Meng and the Barbarian. Yep. <clears throat> All right, so so far these are actually not B-listers. We, we yeah. need to be clear here. That was my mistake because I thought they had like the, you know, like 
Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I thought they had like shark and typhoon or whatever. See, that's what there. I thought. I thought the booty man was out there or whatever yeah. he was calling himself at the time. When you said it was going to be the B squad, I thought it was going to be like the four, the four horsemen without Rick who, and it's not, the four horsemen you're thinking of, it's like a WCW version that was among the ultimate of. solution. Okay, got who, who came up with okay? You should never have a name like ultimate because ultimate solution is one step away from final solution. Yeah, we, yeah right? we, all, we all got there. You didn't have to say it, man. I mean, what are we, what are we, what are we doing here? So we've got Ric Flair and Arn Anderson at the top cage, we've got the Barbarian, Ming, Lex Luger, and Kevin Sullivan in the middle cage. And the gentleman that they, they're not even showing you like the bottom cage. Jeez. Okay. I don't even, <clears throat> this is ridiculous. Yeah. <clears throat> I understand. Like everybody, okay. and the best part of this, everybody out there is in like came to wrestle clothes. And then Arn Anderson's out there in like a track suit. Yeah. Yep. The wrestler's wrestler is wearing a tracksuit for this match. There he is. There they are. Excuse me. Who was the ultimate solution? Um, I don't know. Let's look it up. No, Rob, <laughs> let's not. Yeah, let's not. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Still put that in your government Google history, buddy. Oh, God. All right, here they are, the mega powers. You can't yeah, call them rest- that here, though. I think he's, I think, oh, I think no, no, Macho's him. pants say Mega Powers on him. Okay. So they, they must have... Oh, they Either must they have appropriated the gimmick or Vince is sitting somewhere right now getting in charge, uh, getting in touch with McDevitt. Or is that one of those things... I mean, I don't know if they were this way about it then, but yes, his pants say Mega Powers. As long as he doesn't say we're the Mega Powers, as long as he doesn't say, you know, as long as announcing doesn't say that they're the Mega Powers, can they skate? Yeah, this was a weird period of time because this was still fresh with these guys being in WCW, <clears throat> and it was still weird getting used to seeing this. Yeah, especially yeah. Macho Man, because after Hogan left, I thought that was going to open the door for Macho to be the next big guy. And then what? next thing I know, Macho's gone. Did they just offer him a boatload of money? Um, I, well, I, think, I think they wanted him to like. Um, I forget. I think, but. I think some of it, and somebody will correct me if I'm wrong. I think Vince didn't really want him wrestling anymore. He wanted him commentary, and Macho okay. wanted to wrestle. Yeah. Oh, we're off. And yeah, here boy, we go. That cage floor looks real suspect. <laughs> it does. I'm not sure who constructed that, but. Man. Actually, honestly. Oh my God. Some of the Hell in a Cell cage, it likes tops. Because, yeah, it's bendy, but at the same time. You want it to have a little bit of give. Because if it's stiff as a board, that's much easier to just smash through it with a hard impact. That's true. The beauty of this match is you're in there. You've got about four guys in there who in their career were notorious bleeders. Between Hogan, Flair, um, I know Luger had bled a little bit. Arn Anderson was a bleeder. Macho had bled a few times. In a match designed to bleed... At a point in time where WCW had a strict no blood policy. What's this? Yeah. Hold on, hold on. I'm getting something in my ear now. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, apparently, Dusty already cut himself at the commentary table. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Somewhere right around here, 11 year old John Moxley's already bleeding. Yes, I'll see exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Can I say, by the way, that it was I've always I don't think it's any great surprise to say that Dustin is the kid who looks more like Dusty than Cody does. Oh, 100 percent. Never seen. And I, you can see the similarities between Cody and Dusty, obviously. I had never seen like Cody in Dusty more than I did just now. And I don't know what it was because they were it was, for anyone who wasn't isn't following along with us. Cody at uh, Cody, Dusty and um, uh, Heenan and Shivani opened, you know, standing there doing commentary. And just the way Cody, uh, Dusty was standing, just the way he was, and then it was like talking because I couldn't hear him because I had this muted and I was talking to you guys. And just the way he was talking and moving and enunciating, I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's that's very much that's, Cody. Yeah. All yeah, right, so. Yeah. <clears throat> Right. I find it interesting that the they start at the top of the cage, and you start at the top of the cage with Flair and Arn Anderson. Wouldn't Flair like be the final boss that you want to get to in this match? Um. Well, oh. I guess. Like you should be battling your way down to like Flair should be in the bottom. Like there's nobody in the bottom ring. What the hell? Yeah, but uh, at this point, wouldn't that character be Sullivan? Well, yeah, because I think um. Well, also, if, if this is the longest part of the match, this, uh-huh. is, where you want, this is where you want Flair and Arn. If this, if this he's is already longest... hulking up! He is. He's hulking up, buddy. We just started, and he's hulking up. He's hulking up! And, and, he, and of course, who is he all freaking hulking up against? Look, Rick Rick, Flair. Let me tell you. Look, look. look. You got to get. They were Rick... playing the classics early. Look, you got to give Rick credit. For two, for two years, Hogan, like, no-sold all of his shit. For two years, yep, and 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 beat him into the ground. Yeah, I was gonna say Hogan beat him like a drum too. Yeah, for like for two years, and and barely sold any of his shit. And I mean, so you know, whatever issues you may have with Ric Flair, um, you 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 got to give him credit for this, okay? I want to see Hunter bring this match back in some capacity. Put it on an NXT show. And just give me a bunch of ridiculously violent guys in this match. Because actually, now what's funny, this uh, this triple cage match was in that movie Ready to Rumble. Yes. And actually, the, the version of the match they did there was actually good. <laughs> okay. It actually was in Ready to Rumble. It was a pretty good, pretty good match. Yeah, man. Throw, you know, Dijak and the Creeds and, you know. Put Wesley in there. Lee, yeah, I was gonna say you gotta get a few ping pong ball guys who can splash around. Get a around. couple of meaty men slapping meat and a couple of a couple of ping pong guys, and we're in good shape. And this yeah. is uh, th- this part of the match has already gone on too long. It, it has, yeah. like, <clears throat> this is actually painful to watch. I remember this being bad. I don't remember it being this bad. The thing I'm is, they're, they're okay. So we got two pairs of guys in here, and we got they're constantly fighting. But the problem is. If you're not following along with us and watching, the gentlemen are doing. Imagine you're watching a Royal Rumble and the main action is the middle. It's Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns are doing something. Do you ever really, really watch everybody else and watch their fighting that they do? Fighting, and I'm using the air quotes. That's what Hulk and uh, Macho are using against their opponents, and they've been doing it for about five minutes. Yeah. They're doing Just the other <laughs> stuff that isn't the main focus of the match. Oh, uh, Arn's going for Arn's going for a figure four. I, I bet not. Uh, Kogan's going to stay in there for like ten seconds, tops. I guarantee. I don't know. 
He's selling it. Oh, he's he's gonna. Oh, he's selling it, Rob. Oh no! Oh, no. Flair's going for one on Macho. Yep. So we wait. have we have figure fours in stereo. They've got a wonderful split screen display right here. You've got Hogan and Macho both screaming for each other for help. They're reaching out to each other. They're both. Oh, they're they're rolling it. Uh oh, Macho's going to turn it over. It's Hogan. the power. It's the power. It's the mega powers. They they gave each other their power. We have a tandem figure four reversal here by Hogan and Savage. And why do you? Why, why is oh, there a referee? Why is there a referee? In there? <laughs> why is there a referee? <laughs> well, yeah. How do you win this thing? What? Uh-oh. Oh, they, Uh-oh. The, the cameraman just caught Rick with the blade. Yeah. <laughs> So the cameraman just caught Rick dropping the blade. He dropped the blade through the the cage, and he was definitely <laughs> that was some AEW production bullshit right there, man. Oh, oh powder! Oh yeah, we got we got that camera <laughs> to be in a giant stadium. That camera needed to be anywhere. Dropped the blade, but he didn't. Did he cut? No, he didn't even cut. What the hell? That's another. I think he was dropping going to, down going to somebody. The second cage now. Oh, we're 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 in the second. We're now in the middle cage, and Lex Luger. Man, now they've got to fight four guys. Yeah. Ooh, Moses. And so now, are Rick and Arn? Are they just are they just hanging out now? Yeah, I think they just hang out there and watch. Now they're now spectators. That sucks. (laughs) Yeah, that sucks. They have to sit there now. What? Like this is weird. Ugh. God, there's so many gimmicks. Now, now, there's like individual cells in this cage, in the middle cage here. Oh, this, yeah, this, this, this is too much. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, like, the, the Tower of Doom cage was a lot simpler. <clears throat> yeah, this is like the top cage, then the middle cage has separate chambers. Look, I understand we probably ruin this stuff more often for ourselves, more often than not. Ruin this stuff for ourselves more often than not. Because we do, well, why wouldn't they just this? <laughs> but, dude, you can't make a gimmick like this and just leave this so open. I don't even understand what the strategy would be here. Like, well, it's like <clears throat> So they can both get ganged up on inside one of the mini cells. Yeah. It says it's two and against so, four here. Yeah. So... And again, what's the objective if not pinfall or submission? You got to get to the bottom. I think you got to make it. It's almost like you're eliminating yourself from the cage down into the ring. I guess. I, I oh, we got no, pinfall. Hogan's. I, I wanted to see the barbarian powerbomb Macho Man in that cage, and Hogan Hogan robbed me of that. Uh-huh. Hogan's a thief. Well, we probably might not have had much more of Macho's. Uh, you know. He's a Don and a showboat. Yeah. Well, now he's closing the door and he's locking it. Uh oh. Hogan's <laughs> locked himself in. Also, Ming and the Barbarian can't get in there. Oh boy. Oh, he's beating up. But oh, they're, oh, they're trying to do it. No, oh. <laughs> he had to reach through to grab something. Oh no, no. Okay. Oh, this is terrible. <laughs> and look, Arn totally does not want to jump down there. Look at him. He wants nope. to part. He does not want to jump down there. No, he does not. Arn's looking at that like that's a long way down, brother. I mean, what is the ref trying to get out of his hand there? I, I don't know. Uh, it, it, we're in a cage match, and you, 
you're trying to take the foreign object away from Kevin Sullivan, ref. What are you doing? It's a no holds well, barred match. So, so Ming, Ming helped Arn come down because Arn wasn't trying to jump. <laughs> <laughs> Arn was like, hell no, I ain't jumping. God, this match is such a mess. We had Kevin Sullivan with the foreign object in a no holds barred match. Oh, we're on the scaffolding. Well, oh, well, he's outside now. Wait a minute. Why would you sit on the scaffolding, Kevin Sullivan? Why would you do and that? Hogan's out there with him. Why would um, you do that, Kevin Sullivan? Oh, now he, he's. Oh, he's going to tease the fall. He's a long yeah. way up. He is. What do you get a crash pad under there? I don't think Kevin. Shane McMahon would have taken that bump. Mick Foley would have taken it. Mick Foley <laughs> would have taken that bump. <laughs> it's actually pretty precarious looking. I give Kevin Sullivan all the credit in the world just hanging on that scaffold yeah, like that. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. He's sweaty. Hey, I was going to say, cause maybe yeah. the guys you mentioned would take that bump, but I'm like, there's not even like a cardboard box down there. No, that there's nothing down there, man. It's a straight drop. And, and Kevin Sullivan. Again, I so, want to make it clear for the non-visual listeners. It is just flat concrete. Yeah. Now, now they, they walked all the way down. And now they've got, he's got Hogan half the distance to the floor. But that's still pretty high up for a So now Macho was in there the with like six guys, though. Yeah. <laughs> Hogan has abandoned Savage. Let's be clear here. Yes. Hogan has left Savage to the mercy of five dudes in the middle cage so oh, he can go beat up Kevin Sullivan. Oh, they, they locked him. They locked him. In oh, he's locked in with uh, just Luger. Okay, so it's just okay. one. Yeah. Well, that's okay then. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Is my, uh, where's Macho going? Macho, what are you, Macho's punching it air. Oh, no. Hogan's on the floor. Yeah, Hogan's out. So did Hogan eliminate himself? Is this what happened here? Who won? Yeah, exactly. Has anybody what? won? Oh, God, this oh, is awful. Oh, oh now God. Luger's out there, and he's, yep, okay. Luger's out there. <coughs> Macho's now, out there. Now, so now they're not even in the cage. They didn't even go to the ring. What happened? What's the point of three cages if you're going to end up on the floor? Oh, man. Is it time for me to say it, fellas? Sullivan is the one who makes it? And, oh, now, my God. they're going to the ring? That's attempted murder. I broke the mic. All right. Is it time for me to say it, fellas? Yeah, go ahead. Get, get, yeah. Give us the catchphrase, Rob. Okay. He's going to drop the flag. Okay, guys, this is shit. <laughs> this is shit, according to Rob. Yeah. And now they're in the ring. Now, this match really? is going to end in the ring. Hey, hey, you know what? You know what it's not? At least this cage was in the building. At least this was not a swamp 10,000 miles away that they fought at for 40 minutes and then peacefully got into cars, drove to the ring, and continued fighting until the result could be determined in the ring. They were in the building the whole time. So, hey, that's something. Now, they need to get back in the cage. This is a cage match, sir. I was promised a cage match. Now they're they're going back to the cage. Oh, now he's going back to the cage. Honestly, I... I'd take the swamp too at this point. God. <clears throat> oh my God. And now what's what's where's Hogan oh, going? Oh Hogan with what? a weak ass clothesline that Lex Luger sells and bumps for. Oh, there's a better one. That one looked better. I actually oh. I don't know. I was gonna say 
I what was think, that? I think Lex braced for that one because he didn't want to bump on the concrete. Oh, yeah. That's pretty much what it was. He's like, I'll sell it, but I ain't bumping on this concrete. Yeah, because just- I was going to say, I don't think that was a weak-ass uh, clothesline by Hogan. I think that was Luger making a business decision. <laughs> pretty much. Which, hey, God bless you. That's all right. He got hit with a duffel bag for his truffle, for his troubles. <laughs> I know. Where is everyone else? Now it's just, that's down to Macho and Kevin Sullivan and Hulk Hogan and Lex Luger. And Lex Luger is just getting his ass whipped here by Hogan. So what's everybody else doing? They're just sitting there? They're, they're just hanging out. I think, I think the... Uh, <laughs> they were locked in the second level, remember? Yeah, I think they're still locked up in the cell up in the middle, in the middle of the yeah. cage. What are they playing? They playing Uno in there or something? <laughs> <laughs> oh, then oh, oh. Kevin Sullivan's tearing apart the scaffolding. Uh-oh. What in the hell? Silly Luger. And now we're back in the ring, Luger oh. and Hogan. And now Sullivan's coming to the ring. It's that time. And now Luger's like, "Give me a little bit, brother." <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> This is, this is peak Hulkamania. This is amazing. <laughs> oh, poor Luger. This is this is this is just something else. Hogan is beating Luger within an inch of his life. Luger's considering going to WWE at this point. Yeah, he's, he's like, screw I, this. Like, like, hey, Vince, yeah. Like solid use of split screen throughout this entire match. He's looking for the Stanford area code on his home phone. Yeah. He's like, Vince, if you, if the bus is still working, uh, I'm willing to come back and, and, <laughs> and get back on the bus. At the end of this, at the end of this match, he's going to pop up. and Maybe, maybe right. tagging with the Bulldog wasn't such a bad thing. He's going to finger right WWF. In the uh, air as the uh, as it goes <laughs> off the air. Oh, poor Luger! What could have been? Yeah. Look, look! Don't, don't, don't you ever tell me Luger, you know, could not or did not work. Oh, it Luger worked. worked his ass off, man. There's such revisionist and history look, he, on how good or bad Lex Luger was. Okay. He, um, look, this man is working here, taking this beating, okay? <laughs> you see yeah. that weak-ass chair shot that Hogan just gave Luger? <laughs> oh, I mean... <laughs> That's just... terrible. Hogan's the chair shots are the worst. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he was the worst chair swinger ever. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna... I, why would I get too bent out of shape about that if I'm the other dude taking it? Oh, no, if you're the guy taking it, you're like, please, powder puff me, but... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Better than taking a Ken Shamrock chair shot to the face. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or getting one of those, you know, handcuffed behind your back numbers that uh, Foley got from The Rock. There ain't no amount of money, brother. (laughs) There ain't a payday on the planet worth Mm -hmm. taking that over. No. No, thank you. Oh, this is, this is, I mean. What is this? This is terrible. What do we say about overbooked? This is yeah. terrible. <laughs> and Kevin Sullivan was so obsessed with Hulkamania, he was actually wearing red and yellow at this point. I mean, it's, oh, that was that was awful. <laughs> oh, 
The okay. referee. It's like uh, the referee doesn't even know what to do here. He's like, "How do I call this?" Oh wow, Hogan sold for all of like thirty seconds. Now it's time to go. Now it's, yep. now it's time to. Now it's time to get back to it. Okay. <laughs> all right, uh, brother. I, all right, brother. I gave you thirty seconds. That's all you get. Amazing. To well, be clear, this match has already gone on for about twenty-five minutes, and Rob Rob checks out at about the twenty-minute mark. Oh, we got punches in stereo, though. Oh, wow. It sure has. Wow. This has been going on for over. Yes, this has been going on for over 20 minutes. This is bad. Yeah. This is. Oh, and here we go. <laughs> here comes Uh-oh. All right. So the guy on the left is the ultimate solution. The other guy is Zeus, who Zeus, who has been spending time at the buffet. <laughs> oh, my God. He, 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 he beefed right up and not in a good way. Zeus, wow. who must note. They were calling late. him. Zeus what were they calling him back then? They didn't they Z, call Z, him Z, Zeus. They called him Z Gangster. Z Gangster, that's what it was. And Z Gangster, who would go on to reform his wicked ways and save the city of Gotham uh, from a terrorist bombing. So, yes. but um, <clears throat> yeah, um, wow, yeah. And, and to be fair, that was one of the best cameos in that entire series. Yes, yeah. it was. And also, uh, why are we now just now getting we into are, the ring with this amazing lighting that they have? That we're finally in the third cage now. Wait, and it so, is wait, so, and wait. it looks awesome. Why wait, haven't so, we seen it the so, whole time? So and and it's with two guys who weren't even originally part of the match. So the they, ultimate they solution, this big slab of beef, and Zeus. So wait a minute. So they didn't climb down to the Final cage. They, 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 they walk over to it. To the scaffolding. Oh, and we've got a lock up at the thirty minute mark. Hogan locks up with a guy. Wow. And now, and we've got another lock up. Overhand uh, wrist lock. A wrestling move at the thirty five minute mark of a no holds barred match. Only now, Hulk Hogan. And now, mind you, Hogan and the Savage have been fighting for like almost a half hour, and. Which means they're going to beat these two guys who just came in here. Yep. Uh, this is unbelievable. I, I I don't even know what to... Zeus is punching himself in the face. Because why not? And now uh, Sullivan is... <laughs> He's trying to stab Hogan or Savage through the cage with like a piece of pipe or something. <laughs> oh, this is incredible. This is... Can't even wow. I gotta say, I love the lighting. Like this is this is as bad as like the, the red light fiend uh matches. <clears throat> I don't know that this ultimate oh, solution this did much beyond this right here. And uh, okay, now now I will look him up on Wikipedia and see. okay, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. I honestly well, think when they do the main camera shot, the lighting was like actually pretty rad if it weren't for the cage. Okay. The yeah. Ultimate, ultimate solution. Um, oh, wow. He died a year later. Good grief. He did? Yeah, his name was wow. uh, Jeep Swenson. Wow. Yeah. And that, that name sounds familiar. Uh, Jeep, uh, Jeep Swenson. Well, he, he retired in 1996, so this very well may have been his last match. Yeah. Know. Wow. That's... <clears throat> WCW so unashamedly just 
letting you know, look, we're we're ripping WWE off in all the ways possible this this evening. And they're not even ashamed of it. Like I almost respect it. Yeah. Oh, so Jeep Swenson played uh he played Bane in that horrible Batman and Robin movie. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. And that's the ultimate solution here? Yep. Yes. Yeah, he wow. was he was Bane in that. Now yeah, now yeah. that makes sense. Bane really mm-hmm. just took everything cool about the character and decided to leave it behind. Oh, this this is just outstanding. Oh. Okay. He was okay. okay about the ultimate solution. Yeah. <clears throat> he was named the final solution. Oh. Wow. But following complaints from Jewish organizations to turn to corporate offices, his characters renamed the ultimate solution. Okay, so think about that for a moment. Wait, Arn Anderson's back and he's in work clothes. In Well, he's got his wrestling gear on now? He's got his wrestling gear on. He took the tracksuit off. Oh, I was gonna right. say, did he always have the wrestling gear underneath the tracksuit? He probably so. did. <clears throat> of All course right, he so did. On this, 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 is, this is vintage WCW right here. Oh yeah. This WC- is classic. WCW claimed they were unaware that the final solution was the name Adolf Hitler gave his plan to okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. We we didn't know. <laughs> solution, we didn't know. Talk about PR team nightmare. We didn't know. <laughs> We didn't know. (laughs) We didn't know. (laughs) I mean, that's just classic. I shouldn't even be laughing at that. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. (laughs) Wow. Well, I mean, at least they didn't have like the triple quake K squad or something. They could have had that. That would have been just as good, right? (laughs) I, mean, I, I gotta say, of everybody in this match, Macho Man is really doing his best to try and make this work. I think between, <clears throat> I think Luger and Macho Man were the MVPs of this match. Yes, because Luger was out there working his ass off, trying to make this look like something. I, Rick Flair, <laughs> Arn Anderson could give a shit less. Yeah, they're, they're just like, "Where's my fucking check?" Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ming and the Barbarian were barely even a, a factor in this. I think they got hands on Hogan and Savage for all of two minutes before they got locked in the cage. Well, oh, it's yeah. the Booty Man, formerly well, known as Brutus Beefcake. Well, it's a, oh, is a frying pan? It's a frying pan. You gotta be kidding me! <laughs> We're going full ECW here, brother. Hogan's hitting anything that moves. Savage hitting anything that moves. We've got dual frying pans in stereo here. <laughs> and Zeus takes one for his efforts. Oh my god, this is <laughs> wearing these guys out with these frying pans. Why? Why? Frying pans with the integrity of like, what was it? What's the little popcorn things that you put yeah. on the stove? Luger. Pop, pop secret? I think, yeah. Ooh. yeah. Now, all right, so now Luger's, Luger's back. Luger's back. It's okay. <clears throat> Jiffy Pop. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> look like Jiffy Pop pants. And now, now Luger's got he's got okay, Luger's got a black glove. Oh, he's got a glove. It's the loaded coal miner's glove, Rob. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god, that was horrendous. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> he hit him anyway. That was bad. <laughs> oh my god. 
This is so that was, just, that was incredible. For those that are watching, worst. I don't know why you'd be listening. To if this you're podcast. not watching, Jason, explain what just happened. So uh, Lex puts on the black <laughs> goes to punch. Oh goes to punch, uh, Rick Flair. Rick Flair is holding Macho Man. Luger's got the black glove on. He goes to hit Macho. Macho ducks. Luger stops in mid-punches. Macho ducks. Then Luger grabs Flair and punches him anyway. And then, all right, so Hogan and Savage were leaving the cage. And then Hogan says, no, you got to go pin him. Oh, my God. And then Savage ran back in there and and pinned him. Rick, who was supposed to be knocked out. And he ran back in there and he pinned Rick while everybody else is standing around looking. Oh my God! To appreciate how bad, if you didn't sit here and watch this along with us, you got to go on the WWE Cock, WCW Uncensored '96. Watch the Doomsday Cage match. the The finish has got to be a top five worst oh, watched finishes was, ever. This This match was terrible. Oh yeah, oh. for for I mean, supposedly for the names involved in this match. This that was, was just horrendous. This was terrible. <laughs> so, Absolutely Jason, terrible. Where oh, do you geez. rank this one? Was this one better or worse than the last watch along for you in terms of just how shit it was? Better in terms of it wasn't quite shit. There were some moments aside from, oh, God, is this guy going to die um, by falling off the <laughs> scaffolding? Um, but there were some fun moments like the, the frying pan bits were incredible. Hulk hulking up so early. Uh, the wrestling lock, the first wrestling hold being, I believe, like 18 minutes, something like that. <clears throat> it was fun. It was nonsensical and ridiculous, but it was fun. The scaffolding match was just more like, oh my god, it, it's train, it was train, uh, car crash. Can't look yeah. away, but you're not, you're not unentertained, but you're not exactly excited. This was, Mom. this was fun. So. All right. Well, we have got one more match we're going to watch along tonight. This was of uh, Rob the Genius's choosing. Before we do that, I want to invite you to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. We have our official Mindless Wrestling Podcast t-shirt there. That's right. After over two years of listening to us in your ears, you can now wear us on your body. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Pick up a t-shirt. Easter's coming. Get one for you. Get one for the kids. Your body will thank you for it. We will thank you for it. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we are going to watch a match of Rob's choosing and do a little watch along with that. You have been listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, and we'll be right back. All right, we are back. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Watch along. We have moved into SummerSlam 1993. Again, like I said, this is a match of Rob's choosing. I'm going to tan the floor over Rob. Let him introduce what we're about to watch here. All right, so this is <coughs> The Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez. Now, Giant Gonzalez was originally known as El Gigante in WCW. Uh, he was a former basketball player who, I think, with the Hawks, and he was no good as a basketball player. So since, since Ted Turner had to pay him anyway, we figured why not try him at the wrestling. <laughs> okay. And he was not very good at wrestling in WCW. He was really bad. Um, yeah, it's just it's hard to describe. He was just he was bad, really bad. Yeah. Um, and 
then after well, like a year or so in WCW, he goes over to WWF. And <clears throat> he was not much, he really wasn't much better. And for those of you who like the dog, almost, actually, we said in our WrestleMania preview that almost is not Giant Gonzalez. He is not. And nope. yeah, um, if, look, no one is calling almost, you know, Luthez or anything here, but um, if you really want to see a, a horrible seven foot tall wrestler, you do not, don't look at almost, you need to look at this, look at Giant Gonzalez. And um, yeah, it was, this. he's bad. <laughs> he was bad. And this was this was during like the early parts of the streak before anybody realized that hey they, we got a streak going on here. Yeah. Well, and this and is SummerSlam anyway, so. Yeah, that's, that's, that's right. You're right. I'm sorry, but because they they had their first match was was at WrestleMania this same yeah. year. But um, this was during that time where poor Mark Calloway got just saddled with a bunch of really <clears throat> not very good opponents. <laughs> right. It's like, what are we gonna find for this guy to do now? Yeah, and um, I mean, in hindsight, Yokozuna was actually a good opponent for him, in hindsight. But I mean, other than Yokozuna, I mean, it was a parade of yikes for yeah. a, a whole lot of years. We had the Underfaker, and, and just, they were, it was pretty much, what's the next monster that the Undertaker's going to conquer? Yeah, there was washed up Jimmy Snuka one year, there was washed up King Kong Bundy, there was uh, Kama Mustafa before he became the Godfather. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was bad. And, um, <clears throat> so here he has giant Gonzalez and it, as if one match wasn't bad enough at WrestleMania that they had to make a whole feud out of it. Who's <laughs> so bad. They had to run it back. Yeah. And here we go. All right. So real quick for reference, we are back on the WWE cock. It is SummerSlam 1993. If you want to pause the uh, the podcast episode right here now, fast forward to one hour, 35 minutes, 40 seconds. The late, great Fink, Howard Finkel, is getting ready to make the announcements here. Guys, we'll count it down. Three, two, one, and we're off. The Fink. God bless him. Oh, this is a rest in peace match. Okay. It's a rest in peace match. Yes. Well, the, yeah, I think it, this yeah, preceded it, casket yeah. matches, didn't it? I guess. And well, look, this this probably made a whole lot of people in the arena rest in peace. <laughs> this is the hit the bathroom match. And, and somebody had a some, somebody had an urn in the audience. Yeah, and he had a sweet bowl cut and a pink polo too. Live yeah. from the palace in Auburn Hills, Michigan. And. I mean that that just looks bad. I mean he's, he's got he's almost, on a, in a terrible muscle suit with yeah fur. Like what's the point of the fur on the shoulders? I, I don't know. This is bad. I mean, <laughs> I mean, hey, why is it? It's, it's at the palace. Is uh, Ron Artest going to do a run in? How I don't know. Harvey Whippleman. Yes. Dang. I mean, what's the point of wearing this this muscle suit with like? Uh, yeah, what, what's I don't know. What's the point here? It's almost yeah. like he's like supposed to be. I, I don't even know. Like there's veins in the pectoral muscles. This is this is what? Who okayed this? Like who sent did, this to Creative know. and said, "Yeah, that's the look." And and it's like, but also, I kept going like because this is his look. This is the only one I've known. 
And he's got the mullet going on here. He's got the mullet. Oh, yeah. So. <clears throat> I, to be fair, I think it was Jay. What is it? That vintage Perosu on Twitter that shares like a lot of the classic wrestling clips. Yeah. He shared something of um, Giant Gonzalez in Japan. I forget who was beating up on him, but it wasn't terrible. Like, it wasn't, he was selling, he was working. Oh, by the way, man, that, uh, that clip he shared today of the uh, Bruno Stan Hansen cage match was. Oh, outstanding. that was beautiful. What a work of art. Yeah. Yo, Undertaker's already like halfway to the ring. Oh, yeah, this is back when he was moving at a clip. Yeah, this was high speed Undertaker right here. Yeah, this was before they figured out that it would be really cool to just to take up take ten minutes to walk to the ring. A lot of people realized that the uh, the walk to the ring was part of the show. Yeah, there's no flamethrowers. There's no. no just one single spotlight on him and the cameraman as they uh, walk to the ring. Very few men in the world could pull off that extra wide tie, but somehow or another he does it. I mean, yep. I'm too little. <clears throat> I'm too small of a guy for an extra wide tie to look like I'm wearing a second shirt. Yeah, that's something. An undertaker. Like, I know I've said it before on this show, but the, the, the work the man put into it, aside, you know, notwithstanding, what a dumb idea. Should, be, should have been dead on arrival. Like, yeah. a, a wrestling undertaker. <clears throat> like, what? Why? Six yeah. months, one program. That's it. Nope. And this guy turned a, turned it into a career, made it legendary. I mean, he arguably, he turned it into the career. It was the career. That'll never just, be duplicated. Just in totality, I mean. Hell, you, you know, got a lot of guys, if they haven't made it to the top of the card within two to three years of their career, they check out and go elsewhere. Yeah. Right let alone spend 35 years doing the same gimmick for the same man in the same company. All right, let's, let's go. Right, Undertaker go. going right in for the fight. Here we go. All right, well, he, he, he's, he's selling the punches, at least. He All is. Right. God, as big as the Undertaker is, Giant Gonzalez is easily a foot taller. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What a was, big dude. What's Gonzalez's issue again? In kayfabe, I mean, um, I'm not uh, sure. I, he was yeah. just—I think that Undertaker was Harvey Whippleman or something brought him out. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, Whippleman <coughs> had the, or whoever that Poindexter guy was, he had the urn. Yeah. Oh, because this was this was like un, all the Undertaker's feuds around this time was the urn, somebody stealing the urn, and yeah, nobody really had <laughs> beef. They just wanted to end the Undertaker. Like there was no real feud, just. Let me have the urn. Let me steal. Let me beat up the Undertaker. That was the feud. Okay. All right. So, um, Giant Gonzalez. Oh, this is oh, awesome. That's, that, 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 I mean. Oh, this can is... he get him down? Can he get him down? Is he going to hit the big clothesline? Nope. This is actually <laughs> pretty cool if Gonzalez would actually kind of sell for him. That gimmick would have been <clears throat> way better. Yeah. Right, so. Uh, Giant Gonzalez, real name Jorge Gonzalez. Nice. And he passed away, didn't he? Yeah, he passed away in 2010. Okay, yeah, I thought he was no longer with us. Yeah. First, uh, one of the first victims of the streak. Oh. 
Look at that. Ooh. Yeah, I don't get the werewolf, man. Yeah, yeah. it's like this weird muscle suit werewolf thing going on. Yeah. And he, he was billed as being eight feet tall, which is not true. No. <laughs> yeah, Bobby Heenan just mentioned that he was eight feet tall a minute ago. Yeah, I, 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 no, no. <clears throat> Speaking of terrible chair shots. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, well, think about how long that how much longer that guy who just got hit by the chair went. Yeah, because he didn't take one to the head. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, he took his fair share of chair shots to the head, but yeah. not this evening. Right. Yeah. Made a business decision. Ooh. The good old blue steel steps. Yeah. Yep. And... Even now, they look harder. <clears throat> I don't know what it is, but they look like they're made of harder stuff than whatever is on WW Monday Night Raw right now. I'm pretty sure they're aluminum now. Oh yeah, totally. Oh, so he was actually. Which, I seven, mean, I still wouldn't want to get hit with him. No. Let's make no, no mistake here. <laughs> okay, so he he was actually seven foot seven. Okay. So, so you had to lie and say eight feet. Yeah, you always go. You always lie, Jason. You know the rule: always lie larger than you are. Yeah, and um. Like when your actual height is at the edge of believability, you know, even if I'm looking at you, I don't know. Yeah. Just unnecessary. He's already a freak of nature. He was drafted in 1988 by the Hawks and one of the first Argentine players drafted in the NBA. And he was unable to adapt to the physical demands of NBA basketball, partly due to a serious knee injury. Partly, okay. due, to an, partly due to a knee injury, which means partly he, he probably also sucked. He stunk. <laughs> yep. Um, I mean, that's... You know, let's call it what it is. I mean, call it knee injury, call it physicality, call it whatever. I'm watching this guy move. Yeah, NBA just saw this guy who could literally just take the ball up and put it in the net and said, this guy's going to be the next big thing, and then he wasn't. Yeah. What year is this? This is 1993. 1993, so he would have been maybe drafted around, like, what, 89, 90? He was drafted in 88. Um yeah, they, they okay. So they were eating this guy's lunch. Yeah, he was he was 22 years old when he got drafted. Wow. Undertaker's doing everything he can to make this work, man. Oh, look the Ico Pro, the Ico Pro advertisement in the background. You gotta want it. <laughs> An integrated conditioning approach to <laughs> right. Why are they playing? Oh, we've got we've got the gong. In the middle of what the, is it? the Could gong? it be? Oh, thank God. Is it? Is it? Is it Paul Bear? It's Paul Bear. Yeah. Paul Bear coming in for the save. It's a run. Well, not so much of a run in, more of a slow Whoa. walk in. Uh, so. Oh, he's got a he's got a dead wreath. That's nice. Undertaker's going to call for the power of the deadites here in a minute. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. All the zombie guys. This is not as abysmal as what we just watched in the prior segment, but this is still pretty hard to watch. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a funeral wreath. Uh-oh. 
Uh-oh, Will Whippleman's, Whippleman's come to fight tonight. Bear's going to kick his ass, I hope. Oh, yes. he did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big boy clothesline by Paul Bearer. Nice bump by Whipple, too. Oh, no, he has reclaimed the urn. There it is. He got the urn. And that crowd popped for Paul Bearer just grabbing the urn. And Listen that, to that crowd just eat this shit up. <laughs> that's all the entertainment, folks. And now, if I'm... If oh, I, that was, oh, that, was mean, a really, that was a really nasty... Oh! That was a very sl- horrible-looking body slam. That was terrible. But he just dropped him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I think I've seen this picture before. Oh, no. The Undertaker is flat on his back. Whatever will we do, guys? What might happen here? And, the Undertaker's on, flat on his back with... Oh, no. And now... now uh, I keep wanting to say Heyman. Bearer. And now he's... There it is! And he's powering <laughs> up the Undertaker! The Undertaker's hulking up. And he just found the comeback meter. My God. <laughs> I think it's all over but the crying now. Oh, this 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 is not one, two. This is, not good. is he gonna hit the, the flying clothesline? Nope, nope, not yet. Oh, no. He's gotta go for a fourth one? He's got he's oh. gotta come off his feet. He's gotta hit the flying clothesline here. Tombstone is gonna be hilarious. Wow, not another one didn't do it. Oh now he went down to one knee. Oh, there it is. <clears throat> Uh, I was going to go up to top rope. Here we go. Top rope, double axe handle. Mark, brother, yeah. you earned your money tonight, brother. You did. <laughs> I don't know what Vince paid you, but he should have paid you more. Top rope, double axe handle. Nope. And the, the clothesline. clothesline. I told you, you had to come off down. his feet. All right. All right. Oh. Taker did the double axe handle a lot, right? Yeah. Oh, he won <laughs> with a flying clothesline. He's like, look, I'm not trying to pick that motherfucker up. <laughs> <laughs> and wow. it was just that it was, was just a mini, you know. Wow. That was, that was incredible. <laughs> and we got in and out of this one in a hell of a lot less time than that torture torture chamber I just made you guys watch at the beginning of the episode. All right, this was the official time <laughs> or the well, according to Wikipedia, this was eight minutes. Wow. Being Taker did his very best that he could. Yeah, and again. And they did make <laughs> it, they did do it cool and told the story of, you know, it wasn't about finisher or wrestler or whatever. It's, it can Taker take this big motherfucker down. Pretty and much. He, you know, he and, did, yeah. and he won. And, and that's the end of the story. And, because and he got his pole, he got his pole bearer back. Just, yeah. just get your, you know, to have your children's stories like this, you know? Yeah. And so, boys and girls, again, don't let anybody tell you that The Undertaker could not work either, okay? Yeah, there was yeah. some narrative about that going on last week on Twitter. I'm like, I need to stay off the timeline because you people, yeah, like, <clears throat> you don't have to like the guy, but let's not sit here and pretend that the guy couldn't go. Yeah, I mean, this uh, this match right here proves it because he did he did all the work in this match. And, and- I mean, we all know by now, like that, when given the right opponent, was the referee Bill Alfonso? It is. That is but Bill Alfonso. He can go with anybody. Oh yeah. Uh oh. 
I think this was it for Giant Gonzalez, wasn't it? Yeah, because yeah, um, yeah, Harvey was giving him the, the blues there for losing. And, yeah, uh, and he's gonna probably, he's gonna beat up Harvey Whippleman. This is probably it for Whippleman too. I don't remember how much longer Whippleman stayed around, but Whippleman takes a terrible oh, choke slam. Time or choke slam, excuse me. What like when a big dude's choke slamming the little dude? Don't you choke slam the little dude to the moon? Supposed to. Spike yeah. Dudley would have taken that all the way. Yeah. Like you don't lay him down like you're putting Nana down for a nap. Holy Moses. Yeah. Wow. This guy was not good. <laughs> this guy is terrible. Less Rest in peace, big well. guy. But uh, yeah. again, <laughs> pro wrestling don't... was not the career for you. No, and again, I hey, jokes on us because he made a hell of a lot more money wrestling than I ever did. Oh, me too. And <laughs> but just oh. understand, everybody. Um, next time you want to talk bad about Omos, go watch. Go watch this. Instead. Yeah, go watch Giant Gonzalez because Omos can. What a beautiful image to close on, gentlemen. I think we're going to close the show right there. I'm going to close my show with WWE champion. Anawahi Elder Yokozuna. That's just that's just beautiful. That's just beautiful. Wearing poetry, my that. favorite version of the WWF title, the Winged Eagle Belt. Absolutely and, incredible. And guys, I, I thought he, I thought to be to like literally to keep the exact same belt, make it one point five times bigger. And guys, um, I was one of those people who did not know he was Samoan. Yeah, I didn't either. I thought he was Japanese. I, I'm, I'm, I'm there with you, buddy. I didn't know until probably about 15 years ago that he was part of the NOI family. Yeah, and yep. same here. So Definitely. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I fell for it. I, I didn't watch WWF like that when he was big. So all I knew him from the video games was from the WWF video games. So I'm not going to take any shit for not knowing he wasn't. No, I didn't. I didn't find out until like 10 years ago either. But I'm not taking shit for that one. Well, well, look, look. I mean, he he played it great. I mean, if yeah. you didn't know, right? I mean, I, it, honestly, if if you did not know, if and you were just going, like the guy walked out there and said, "Hey, I'm a sumo wrestler from country of mystery," right. you know, and we all filled in the blanks. The dude said he was from Japan multiple times. Well, and he and they, we, back then we did what we preach all along: play along. Well, I, I mean, didn't want to go so find out what his act. I didn't care what his actual nationality was. He was Samo, or he was, he was a sumo wrestler from Japan. That's all I need to know. He yeah, wore a big yeah. red thing to look like a diaper. I'm good with it. Yeah, um, he was a sumo wrestler from Japan. Perfect way to put right. it. Yeah. Yep, that was it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nope, not Japanese, but sumo wrestler from Japan. There you go. You got everything you need. That's it. That's all you need. All right, so let's shift gears here away from the watch along. I want to talk about something a little bit that I never thought we would on this show. Um, one William Osprey, uh, and and I he posted something on Twitter here a couple days ago. You know, Osprey, high octane, high energy, athletic professional wrestler. Let me put that out there right now. Not somebody that I've ever given a damn about because of the style that he works. Often criticized for the style that he works. A lot of veterans, a lot of people in the industry saying, "Kids, slow it down." That type of uh, that type of pace, that type of that type of frenetic energy has a shelf life. And he posted something here a couple of days ago on Twitter, and I think he's starting to realize that he's more than human, less than human. 
And, you know, I didn't watch the video because just the sound of his voice makes me want to punch my phone. But did either one of you guys watch the video so you can break down what he actually said? Yeah, I did. Go ahead, Rob. Hit us with it. Okay, so, I mean, he was talking in a very kind of somber tone because normally when he talks, well, first of all, he is kind of an asshole. Um, yeah, I mean, but we're going to set that aside right now. Yeah, but I mean, normally when he talks, it's in kind of that kind of assholeish kind of tone of voice. Right. But here he was talking a very measured kind of just somber kind of tone. And he was just being very candid and very honest. He's like, look, I've had some surgeries. I, I'm out right now. And his, I think his like shoulders or his arms, I think, are, have been you know hurt a bunch of times. And he was just saying, look, um, you know, I'm already starting to break down. I can't, I got to change up how I work. And this is the thing that really jumped out. He said he, he can't safely do a shooting star press anymore, which yeah. I take that as meaning he can't do the landing. Yeah. Um, if it, well, yeah, your base and your landing is highly dependent on your arm strength and shoulders. And if your shoulders are going to give out from the landing, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. You, and, and, you, and for the record, he's 29 years old. Yes. 29. He's younger than all of us. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I thought he was in his 30s, but he, I thought he, he was too. I didn't realize he was that young. He's 29. Well, I, I, I had no idea until a couple of days ago, like where when he posted this and somebody mentioned it, I was like, really? Because yeah. I thought I thought he was my age, like 37. I don't know. Yeah. And Jeez. and so he said, look, I'm gonna have to change up how I work, you know. Um, and. He didn't sound, you know, this wasn't like a woe was me kind of thing. He he sounded like he fully accepted, like, hey, um, you know, I knew going in that working the way I do was, you know, this is going to be, it wasn't going to go on forever. Uh, but now I'm kind of at the point where I do have to change what I'm doing here. Yeah. Um, and so, I you know, there you know, two thoughts for me. One was last week when we were talking about how to respond to people saying it was fake. Well, did you show them this video? Yeah. Yeah. This is a dude, and like I said, I'm going to put him over a little bit. Not my style of wrestling. Not a guy that I continue that I care to care care to watch. But he's one hell of an athlete, and he he gives 110 percent every time. To be fair, you know, yeah. of whatever it is that he does, he gives it his all, and it, the way he works is high risk, high reward if you hit it. But high risk for injury, and, and it's no surprise to me that he's had multiple injuries. But, yeah, that is absolutely – you want to look at him, listen to the way he's talking. Don't sit here with the, you know, it's fake stuff. The, the injuries are real. The risk is real. These people really can hurt themselves, and they are real people. Yeah. yeah. Any, dislike, any dislike I have for, you know, him is from character and style and things like that. Well, and dude, not even just character as a shoot as a person. He just comes off as as a bit of an a hole, like Rob said. Like you know, I've just heard too many things about him, and it, it just made me not really want to even watch his his ring work. But, but that's not what we're talking about here tonight. Even his ring work stylistically, I'm more like you guys. You know, keep it slow. You don't have to put the kitchen sink in every single match. Blah 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 blah. Um, and he, you know, is the kind of the opposite of that. So, you know, it, it stylistically, yeah, it, I don't particularly care for him. But when he does go balls to the wall, he's a supreme athlete. He, I've never really heard of him, like, hurting anyone or anything like that. Works safe as far as I know. He's, he, he sells for folks. He does all this stuff. It's just like, dude, 
yeah, you're 29 mm. years old and you can't do what someone of your someone in your position should be able to do at least once a night. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's and, like, uh, yeah. So, I, hey, man, at this point, I'm not going to sit here and say told you so or anything like that because what the fuck do I know? I've never taken a bump in my life. But honestly, I'm glad you just figured this out five years, like now, instead of five years from now, where yeah. one bump tears something and blah, blah, blah. So, and it's hey, all over. Yeah. Good. Good. Go ahead, Rob, you were saying? That's where we're going to get some more of this kid and maybe, you know, some way longer of him. So, and hey, he's got his fans. So, good on you, kid. Well, and I guess the other thing was like something that me and uh, several other people said in like the quotes in the comments was that, well, um, now when 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 that phone call comes and and stamp it's a Stanford area code, now yeah. you, now's the time to answer it. Yeah. Uh, it, once know, he heals up and he gets healthy, <clears throat> it's time it's time to take the phone call. Twenty nine years old and your shoulders are starting to go. Take the phone call, kid. Yeah, um, because he's one of those guys, you know, that's in the past, you know, didn't want to be kind of put in a cage or whatever, you know. Um, yeah, he didn't want the cuffs on. Right. Because, frankly, the only other people who would offer you that boatload of money, unless New Japan really wants to hold on to you, um, it is, is that those folks in Jacksonville, and I don't trust them to not let you, not to not to save you from yourself, brother. That and that was you beat me to it it's yeah. because they'll let him go out there unbridled and do his yeah. thing and and unfortunately these guys it's like a drug and yeah he may be sitting here on Twitter right now going guys I got to change my style I got to do this I got to do that but if you don't have somebody in your ear going hey man let's take it down a notch he's going to go out there and he's going to put on the Will Osprey show and we could be facing serious problems whereas in the Stanford territory. Yeah, you guys can sit here and piss and moan about the, uh, you know, the WWE style and how they, you know, they put the governors on their people. They won't let them go all, you know, balls to the wall all out, which is horrendously bullshit. Um, <clears throat> but he's going to live longer. His career is going to live longer. I mean, yeah, there's always a risk of injury. But if he's got somebody there kind of with a hand on the wheel with him, we, you could have a very, very good Will Osprey career, and who knows if he does what Ricochet did? Because Ricochet for me right now is the template for what those guys should be watching and should be doing. Ricochet was another one of those guys when they did, when they fucking signed him, I rolled my eyes because I had seen with the work that he had done with Osprey, and I'd seen all the flippy shit that he had done, and I just wasn't a fan of him. I'm like, I see all the potential because again, Ricochet's a physical specimen, and he's a elite level athlete but he needed something more and now he's found it and he did it by shutting off what he thought he knew and listening and absorbing and sitting under those learning trees and it just seems like up until now osprey has been unwilling to do that like he's fucking he's like fuck this i have a style this is what i do this is what pays the bills okay well that's fine but now here we are so we, are <clears throat> we need to follow the ricochet template and and you can still get your shit off in the context of making it look like it makes sense in a fight. And that's the piece of the puzzle that Will Ospreay's missing. Under, I mean, Ricochet, we found out, he probably all, all, always could, and we just never really noticed. We found out Ricochet could work. 
You know, yes, he, he can. Queen all the bullshit and like the super moves and the double twisty McFlips. The guy could work when you actually tell him slow it down, space it out, make it count. And he's like, okay, well, I got to fill the other the the time with other stuff. So, oh yeah, I do know how to actually wrestle and work. So maybe I'll do that for a little while. Yeah, and I mean, to me, I mean, sorry, if we get that from Osprey, that would be cool too. Yeah, and um, and I mean, Ricochet is a prime example of somebody who became a better worker, like you said, by having you know, somebody put you know. Put you know, put a couple of guardrails up there for him, you know. Yeah. Yep. Not and, kid or anything like that. It's just. Yeah. Hey, don't do this. Yeah, or or you don't need to do all of this every time, like y'all said. Um, save some of this for, you know, save some of that, save that for WrestleMania. Save that for you know when you're in a big stadium or something, right? Um, how know. did, how did no one learn from Claudio? How? Well, I mean, I hope people have. Uh, Claudio's lot. quite a bit more mature. I mean, Claudio's yeah. close to closer to mine and Rob's age. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, he's been ha- he, he's probably had that dream for quite some time. And just being able to hold on to it and not be like, ah, fuck it, tonight I'm going to do the U- – what I'm referencing is the fact that he did that UFO move where he put uh, – I forget who it was. Seth put Rollins. The- Seth was Rollins. Rollins. He put him on his shoulder and did the airplane spin. Yeah. And did the airplane spin about 5,000 billion times. He was saving that move, and then he did it um, without hands. Yeah. Um, so he was saving that for WrestleMania. He told people he, he people would see him do it in the gym, do it in practice. Hey, you should do that at the pay per view. Nope, I'm saving that for WrestleMania. And he saved it for his one on one match at WrestleMania, and yeah. it was super fucking cool. And it was way cooler than it ever would have been at Backlash. Or God forbid, Friday night SmackDown at eight fifty. Right. right. So yeah. And um Do that. And look and look, there's he's got a couple of ready made matches. I mean, because obviously you'd do him and Ricochet. Him and Re- him and Ricochet at WrestleMania, hands down. And then I mean he's got, you know, and then you know, he and Seth Rollins had a little back and forth on Twitter a few years ago. <clears throat> yeah. And that's right there too. Um yeah. Especially with Seth playing the fur-coated, rich, douchebag, you know, supervillain. You couldn't write that story easier than you could right now. Yeah. So. so, Go ahead, Rob. Go ahead. Yeah. And, um, well, also, it made me think, um, uh, because, you know, I think of some other people who do some, like, uh, I thought of Saul Ruka in in NXT. Yeah. And how, I mean, her finisher, like, she does the whole flip up in the air and does, like, a cutter, and then she lands. I was thinking of that. I was like, okay, she's going to, like, she's going to need to change that. Or not do it every match. Because it's the same thing, because you flip through the air and you have to land. Right. And that's definitely something you pull out once in a blue moon. That's not something, like, I agree, she needs a new finisher. I mean, I, it's a, I mean, it's a beautiful move to watch her do. It is. But... You know, again, like it's just the landing. You got to take that bump. You know, you start taking that bump three nights a week on the road. Yeah. Um, well, and it's also and, highly dependent on the the positioning and the timing of your opponent. It's a, yeah. That thing's not a finisher. That's a feud ender. Yeah. Because that's um, like boom. Put the women and children to bed because this thing's over. Yeah, and so I'd be remiss if I did not mention someone else, of course. Um, 
and because <laughs> at one time um charlotte she wanted to do her she wanted to do the natural selection off the top rope as her finisher yeah and they no. and she said they told her no you don't want to you don't want to take that landing every night yeah that's a career that's a career shortener right there and so yep. which is why she does it the way she does it and you know just in the ring you know has she on, ever on done mat. Yeah, um, she did. Time. She did it once. Um, that match she and Rhea Ripley had back at Money in the Bank. She did it once there. Yeah. But yeah, she she. But that is something she rarely does. And it's for that reason because they told her now nah, you don't want to you don't want to be taking that bump every night. Right. All right. Let's let's fan. Go ahead, Jason. I'm sorry. Just thought of something. You know how I was just bemoaning the fact that Rome a couple weeks ago I was bemoaning the fact that. Roman seemed to have pulled out that modified Rough Rider and put it in the the quiver, and now he is seemingly taking it back out of the quiver and putting it back into whatever cupboard he has. Yeah, I wonder if that's part of it, landing on your ass like that night oh, after well, night. Well, well, look, people. I mean, people, you know, make jokes about the Hogan leg drop, but think about it. That guy was running, getting a full running start, jumping a few feet up in the air, and crashing down on his spine yeah well, and those those rings back in the day man were like bumping on the ground yeah, yeah. and that those was, rings were stiff back in the 80s bro and that's when you worked you know four nights during the week and then double shots on saturday and sunday yep yeah and Oof. so again imagine yeah imagine that imagine yeah you get a running i mean you get a running start you jump all the way up in the air and then you come just crashing down and you're doing that five nights a week. Um, yeah. Roman probably did it one night, and he's just like, as he was standing up after, he was like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna break yeah. that one out again yeah. for a while. My my sciatic's gonna hurt for a week." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just it's, like we said, this. Books. I mean, these, you know, like I said, these even these these very simple looking moves. Um, you know, you're you're jumping up in the air and you're landing on a hard surface. Yeah. And, and, and trying land- not to kill somebody while you're doing it. And and with some of them, you're landing directly on your spine or your yeah. shoulder or your elbow or just like, dude, not a pleasant thing to land on. Yeah. Now, now is the perfect time for Will Ospreay to do some soul searching, to really take a step back, evaluate his career, evaluate his life, evaluate his future. Definitely take that call from the Stanford territory, ignore the Jacksonville territory, if I can give you any advice, young man, ignore the Jacksonville territory. Okay, mm-hmm. just stay Let's, in Japan. If if, if you don't, if you won't go to the Stanford, stay in Japan. You know that's that'd be my two my two pieces of advice to you right now. And I know you would have in the past, but don't answer Ring of Honor anymore either. I don't know. If yeah, you don't heard. answer Ring of Honor don't in, in Ring case you're not in the know. Um, so let's let's do a little bit of fan booking here. Let's say he takes the call. Does yeah. Will Osprey go to NXT? Or does he jo- go straight to the main roster? My thought is, Will Ospreay goes straight to the main roster? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. My thought is, yeah, he probably goes right to the main roster, but maybe not. I could see, I could see him immediately, depending, depending on NXT's needs at the time. I could see a stint in NXT simply because, frankly. Who are the guys who skipped it? Skipped it again? Recently? Um, recently? Nobody's really skipped recently. I mean, just, I mean Logan Paul, obviously, but that's 
a whole oh, other God. thing. He's an attraction. AJ um, Styles. Like I'm trying to think of all the all of them now. Like pretty much know. the OC. AJ. Yeah. Because even Gallagher. Samoa Joe went down to NXT. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so all right, I I'll just, put it like this. If if like you want him. Okay, if you want to do a one-off and have him do like a takeover match against Carmelo Hayes. No, dude, no. You work NXT for six months because we brought you in and said, hey, could you, can you, well, I assume they're going to work it, bring him in and say, hey, you got to work a little bit more our style. Well, you got to learn our style. Well, we got a place for that. I, here's, I, I, here's, where, here's where his personality, I think, will get the best of him. He ain't yeah. gonna want to go to NXT, and yeah. that's Will Ospreay's gonna go want to go right to the main roster, and that's where the that's where the haggle I think will end up being. Because I agree with you, I think he should do a little bit of time in NXT just to adapt to the style to even see if this is something that he can do. Because God forbid you get him on the main roster and he absolutely just implodes. And here, here's something I'll tell you. As it stands right now, just looking at the field, if you suddenly put everything in a WWE context in a WWE world, do you does Will Ospreay outrank Carmelo Hayes? And I say no. The no. answer is he doesn't. Um, right now he doesn't. Um, Unless you're throwing Carmelo up, no. Um, well, I think that... You're thinking with your IWC brain. Well, no, uh, you're thinking with Vince McMahon brain, Jason. Well, I'm thinking, I am thinking with IWC brain because I mean the, the reason you bring him in in the first place is to is yes because he has a certain cachet with the IWC. That's why you bring him in in the first place. Yeah. Because otherwise, yeah. listen, man. I mean, you know what else did? Prince Puma. I heard he's a big, big. Uh, all right, because look, like, be ob- objectively speaking, mm-hmm. okay, a guy who is 29 years old and whose body is already breaking down. Objectively speaking, do you sign that guy unless there is some type of hook that he has? I think it depends on how broken down he is. You absolutely make a play for Will Ospreay. If nothing else, if you can get the guy for two to three years, make some money for yourselves. Because there's money in Will Ospreay. If nothing yeah. else, you'll get that IWC mark money. You'll get There's a money match with him and Ricochet. Um, it's But... It's it's a weird situation because yeah he should do a little bit of time in NXT just to see if this is even if he can even conform to that type of working environment. But at the same time, we're also talking about a dude who now sounds like he's on the clock. And you know, if there's a shelf life, you don't want to exhaust that shelf life down in NXT. Just does does he have the same immediate impact that AJ Styles did? Because he uh, and no, but oh, to be 29 fair, twenty nine years old body. Well, not body breaking down, but hot thing in the IWC. Yeah, you shoot that guy right to the main roster. You're right. Remember all those awesome things that the Undisputed Era did on the main roster? Oh wait, that was just Survivor Series stuff. Well, I, okay. Never came to the main roster. I, I think you kind of comparing apples to oranges. And here. I'm not trying yeah. to like. Shit talk. I'm not trying to shit talk Will, and I'm not trying to shit talk you. It's just all of us collectively hype these folks up into bigger deals than they are. When in actuality, you have to be introduced to the WWE universe. 
And I agree with that, but that's a very Vince McMahon. That's a Vince McMahonism because Vince McMahon himself did that with AJ Styles. They were like Vince was basically, and I, I don't know where I read this, but he was basically like, "Are they even going to know who this guy is?" And yeah. they had to reassure him. They're like, "Yeah, they're going to know who this guy is." You're, you're. I would say, better than half of the WWE universe knows who Will Ospreay is. I don't think so. You don't think better than half, Rob? What do you think? I don't. Um, I don't but okay. I think. Well, the biggest DJ. Yeah. Often was how often was Will Ospreay on American television? That I'm aware of, not at all, unless he did some time in Impact or Ring of Honor. Exactly. So that that's what I'm talking about. The average fan, like you're talking about average fans who like, yeah, the average fan on Twitter, you know, knows who he is and has seen clips of matches and whatnot. But even I've only seen like two matches of the dude, like full beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Like on um, live events that I watch, or maybe three. If he he was at all in, wasn't he? Um, <clears throat> so, but it's just it's the same. I look at him the exact same as Ricochet. Like, yeah, obviously Ricochet never like main evented, but okay, Nakamura, Nakamura, uh, Ricochet, uh, just all these guys who main evented um, Wrestle Kingdom and did all this stuff and former Ring of Honor champion and former you know big deal over here. They all do a stint in NXT, and I think he should be no different, especially because of the work change that he not only should do, he has to do to flex with the w- to work in the WWE context. AJ had to adjust; he has to change. Yeah, um, yeah, I think. Well, I'm going to sound but, logic, Jason. <clears throat> yeah, no, I think. That, well, I think the difference is, I think AJ was coming over with the idea that okay. Unless this turns out to be just a total disaster, this is where I'm going to stay. Well, and he was 10 years older. AJ Styles was, was yeah. almost 39 years old. And I think, and <clears> this, <throat> um, same thing, I think same thing with Nakamura. He came over here, and again, and like again, unless this is just totally stinks, this is where I'm staying. Um, same with Asuka. Same thing. Unless this totally sucks, you know, this is where I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with Will, I don't think Will is going to stay long if he comes. I don't, even if, it, I mean, I don't, he doesn't strike me as the type who is going to come here and just put down roots and say, I'm okay, that, you know what, I'm, this is, you know, this is where I'm going to finish my career. And, and, and I mean, you know, I, so with that in mind, if that, I mean, now look, if he comes in, if he changes it and if he comes in and says, okay, this is where I'm finishing. And so I'm going to get in here and I'm going to, you know, do everything I can to make this last as long as it can. But this is where I want to finish my career. If he comes in like that, then, yeah, I could see him doing some time in NXT. But he strikes me as the kind of guy who he's going to he'll come there and he'll do a stint. He'll play, you know, he'll run through the names that they have for him to run through. And then, you know, then he'll be on his way. Um, I think. If it, if it is that kind of deal, then I think you just you get them up there as fast as you can and you run through the money matches. And then, you know, when and after when that contract was up, you know, you say, thank you. You did. You did great for us and we paid you good. And, you know, you know, farewell and good luck. Um, so that's why I think that's why I think I think you don't put him down there in NXT because I don't think he's going to be there long. No. Unless something, unless he, unless something changes, where his, you know, I don't think, 
you know, I don't think he's going to be a lifer if he comes over. Um, whereas so, those other people are. Changed because someone told him he can't do a shooting star press anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I think he has a come to Jesus moment in, in his yeah. mind. I think Rob's on the right trail. It's going to be highly dependent on what his intentions are for the remainder of his career. If he's just looking for a job with with some hope that maybe what I do gets over and, you know, I find myself a a solid regular placement on TV, if that's his expectation, then, you know, like I say, it's all going to depend on where his head is and, you know, how, how serious he is about how serious his injuries are. Yeah, as as vociferously as I argued for him to go to NXT, I definitely see the sound logic in the scenario Rob mentioned. We're right. just like, bud, we've got you for two years. We're doing this, this, and this. Cool, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, I think we could probably call the go-home spot there. All right. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with Will Ospreay moving forward. We are going to get out of here tonight. You have been listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, a part of the ChairShot Radio Network. You can find us on thechairshot.com as well as all of your podcasting platforms. I am the man with the award-winning beard, DJ. I'm going to wrap back around the room here and, uh, as always, thank my awesome, awesome co-hosts, starting with from the Rob the Genius Podcast. Mr. Rob, thank you, sir. Good show tonight, man. Thank you, and thank you, guys, and it was great to be here tonight. Absolutely. And back after a two week vacation, Bucky's tag team partner, Jason. Fun night, man. We got to do these watch alongs a little more often. Yeah, there's, this was a fun one. I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised when I when I saw the concept. I was like uh, when the concept started to fill itself out in front of me, I was like, oh, God, this is going to be awful. But no, Jason's, like, Jason's sitting there like I should have taken a third week off. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Remember, you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring. And we'll be back next week.